0: Social Security, yeah, they're in trouble, but I don't think they're going broke because, you know, our duly elected politicians, are they're going to fund it somehow. Changes will be made. Of course, benefits could be less in the future. And we know that retirement ages are going to continue to be pushed out. It's time for the Making Money Podcast with financial advisor, Lee Perkins.
1: Thanks for joining us, Ben George, alongside Lee Perkins. Lee, how are we? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good. How's uh, What's new around the office? Anything?
0: Man, man, we got a lot of people coming in concerned about taxes and long-term care. It seems like we always have themes that people kind of come and go in waves, but man, a lot of questions and concerns on long-term care. We recently did a a long-term care event here in our office for our clients, and maybe that was... Part of why it just seems that way, but that and taxes are two of the things that people are really concerned about. So, you think the ta- of,
1: you think the taxes have to do with it being close to the end of the year? Is that something that kind of pops up this time?
0: Yeah, it, it does every year. You know, especially right before October fifteenth, when um, you know you got business tax filings and and a lot of things that need to be done prior to for last year's taxes. That happens, and then these last few months or few weeks. Before the end of the year, people doing some uh, Roth conversion planning or, or contributions to IRA. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of tax activity.
1: Well, I was going to ask. I mean, I, I thought that maybe you might slow down a little bit around the holiday season, but it sounds like you guys will still be pretty busy. So will you get some time off and some time to, to, to get out of the office and enjoy the holidays?
0: Yeah, we'll take off a few days around around Christmas. Actually going to get to go uh, taking my family to New York right before Christmas. My wife oh, is always one of the great. she's always want to see the lights in New York. So we will be there along with 11 billion other people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to check out the the tree at the Rockefeller Center, of course. That's
0: it. I'm sure that is on on her plans. I'm just going to do what she says.
1: Yeah, well you'll have a lot of fun. That's a beautiful city this time of year and uh, I think you'll have a, a lot of memories to take back with you. When you return yep. back to Macon. So that'd be a lot of fun. Well, great. Hope you all have a safe trip and, Thank uh, you. and a lot of fun. So today on the show, we're going to, again, go through another headline that I found, interesting uh, <coughs> story that we got to get Lee's reaction to. And we got a mailbag question. Of course, if you always want to send in something to Lee, you can do so at jlperkinswealth.com. You can also call their office, the JL Perkins Wealth Management Office at 478-254-3550. Uh, Lee will bring on some questions that he likes onto the show and we'll answer them here to give everyone uh, a little bit of valuable information. So we'll have a question that we'll get to today and then we shall finish things off with our main topic and that is going to be on social security, top five things that people misunderstand about social security. We will get into that today and we'll run down that list and help make some sense of it. Uh, with Lee, who is the owner and financial advisor over at JL Perkins Wealth Management, serving the Macon area with their office over at Northside Crossing. So you can get any information on this show and anything we talk about or whatever questions you have from their office. So let's begin with a little bit of a, did you see this from the news? All right, this is an odd story, and (laughs) it's weird to me to see that this way would do this, but it surprised me in this day and age, everybody kind of pretends to be somebody different, but there was a man pretending to be an investment advisor in Nevada. And he just received a cease and desist letter from the sec. He was actually a baggage handler at an airport and was giving investment advice to more than 900 airport and airline employees. Also charging them an annual fee before he was finally found to be a fraud Uh, You might say he had a lot of baggage.
0: Yeah, yes, he is. I I like the pun there. Yeah, I I read this story uh, several weeks ago, uh, so I'm glad that you're bringing this up. It's it's kind of crazy. A couple of different angles on here. One thing, I commend the guy for having such a, a, I guess it's kind of a captive audience because this was with uh, other airport employees and people there. So he had a definite target market. And so he was fulfilling a need. The problem was he's not licensed to do this. I mean, he's a baggage handler. So in that arena, he became the, quote, guru. And so I don't know what kind of investment advice he was giving, but the fact that people were paying him for that, they saw some kind of value there, and and ultimately he was exposed as a fraud. So who knows what's going to happen going forward. But I see this kind of thing all the time in just, every place every workplace of any size where people are taking investment advice from co-workers that really you know don't really know what's going on sure they they can tell you the funds that have gone up or ones that have gone down just by the material that they get but but they're not qualified to give you professional advice so be careful watch out for the gurus that lurk around your office and uh Make sure that you're you're getting good investment advice from somebody who's trained to know what's going on.
1: What's the one question you can ask an advisor if you're considering working with them? I mean, obviously, if you go to somebody's office, it's a little bit easier. If they, have, you know, like if they go to your office, they're going to be pretty clear that you guys are legit and in an up and up operation. But if you come across somebody that's going to give you advice, what's one question you can ask them to find out if they're legitimate?
0: Well, you want to make sure that they are actually licensed in, okay. in the state to do business. Uh, that's the first thing you want to want to know is do they carry a license to do that? You know there, there are a lot of people that call themselves either a, a planner or stockbroker, an advisor. There's all different kind of levels of, I guess not levels of service, but titles that people could call themselves. But to me, I, I would tell you you want to work with somebody who is an independent who doesn't work for a company that that company is going to tell them what product to sell you or what you should do with your, you know, your money. Um, but you you want to work with somebody who's an independent, who's a fiduciary, who has your best interest in, in heart. That, that's what my advice would be to you.
1: Okay. I'm pretty impressed, though, that he had 900 clients around the airport. Yeah, he was do, doing well.
0: And what's crazy, <laughs> if he did this the right way he could probably make a really great living doing it legitimately and not have to load baggage at an airport.
1: Yeah, that's the odd part is if he's that into it, why not take the time to get licensed and and have all these these clients ready to go? You got it. Who knows, man? Who knows? knows?
0: (laughs) People do crazy things.
1: They do. All right, now it's time to open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so let's get into a listener question. Again, you can submit any questions that you have to Lee and his team at jlperkinswealth.com or you can call their office, 478-254-3550. Lee will bring his favorite questions or the questions he thinks will give us the most value here on the podcast, and we'll answer them for you right here. So today we have a a question from Helen and Forsyth who asks, are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a tax bill I wasn't expecting.
0: All right, Helen, good news. There are no tax implications as long as you go directly to an IRA. That is the, the safest way to do it. Now, there are ways that people mess this up all the time because they have the 401k company send them a check. You don't want to do that. Make sure that it, it goes directly into an IRA and there will be no tax consequences for you. And then once you're in the IRA, you can invest in whatever you want. I know you said you didn't like the investment options that you have in the 401k. And we do see that a lot. You know, in, Inside a 401k, you are limited. Inside of an IRA, you can invest in whatever you want. But no, you're not going to pay taxes on anything until you actually take a distribution from your account so that's from your 401k or from your IRA but move it from a 401k directly to an IRA it's not a taxable event and you're only taxed when you take money out of that IRA so good question
1: that was a good question Helen and make sure if you have a question for Lena's team you send them in and we might feature them here on the making money podcast you can send them to jlperkinswealth.com While you're there, schedule a meeting or register for one of their seminars they have online. So let's move to our main topic. And this is a good one because we all have some misunderstandings about Social Security. So we're going to run through the top five. There are plenty of myths, rumors, and misunderstandings in the world of Social Security. So on this episode, we're looking to clear them up for you. Here are the top five misunderstandings. And Lee's going to straighten us out here quite a bit on this episode. So the first one, one we hear a lot, Social security is going broke.
0: All right. So, yeah, we hear do hear this a lot. Social security, yeah, they're in trouble, but I don't think they're going broke because, you know, our duly elected politicians are, they're going to fund it somehow. Changes will be made. Of course, benefits could be less in the future. And we know that retirement ages are going to continue to be pushed out. So, there's a lot of things to fix i mean we see all the reports on you know the social security trust fund is expected to be exhausted by this date and and it changes all the time but ultimately they're going to fund social security and the government is they're going to take money from other places because think about this who is the largest voting block of people in the country it's people who they're seniors, the baby boomers, all these right. folks, and they're taking Social Security. So show me the politician who's going to say, you know what, we're just going to to cut Social Security in half because we don't have the money. They're, they're not going to do that. It would be political suicide. They will find the money uh, and they will probably find it from people who are 20, 30, 40 years old who don't they, you know, at this point in their stages in their lives, they don't care anything about Social Security. And if if they pass something that says you can't get Social Security till you're seventy five years old, you know, when you first could claim it, you know, somebody that's twenty, they're they're not going to make a big deal out of it. So they'll fix it. They'll find the money. So uh, no, Social Security is not going to go broke.
1: Good. I hope not. Uh, you know, even twenty thirty years down the road for us that are waiting on it to, at that point, hopefully it it'll still be around as we've been paying into it. But
0: yeah, I think it will. The
1: next misunderstanding is starting your Social Security as early as possible is usually best. Is that right?
0: Well, let me, I'm going to address, go ahead and starting Social Security as early as possible is best. But I'll also go ahead and address people who say you should wait as long as possible because that's best. Because they really kind of go hand in hand. Starting early is not best and starting late is not best. What is best depends on you and your situation because the details of your situation are going to impact what decision you should make. I've talked with people about just a thousand different ways that you can draw Social Security. Ultimately, it comes down to this. If you're retired and you turn 62 and you need the money, then take the Social Security. If you don't need the money, then sure, you could delay it as long as you want to. But know that if you have to have money and you're not going to draw Social Security, then you're going to have to draw it from somewhere. If you draw it from the assets that you've accumulated, that will have an impact on the the assets that you have now and into the future. And so something that people lots of times don't think about is, Well, when I die, there's not going to be a beneficiary for my social security, but there will be a beneficiary for the money that I leave behind. So let me kind of clarify that. There won't be a beneficiary on your social security. We do know that if there's a husband or wife and they're each drawing social security, when one of them passes away, the one that is still living will keep the higher of the two. So if some people will say, well, that's kind of a social security benefit. Okay, I get that or kind of a social security beneficiary. I understand that. But ultimately, the amount of social security that you get is really going to be impacted by a lot of decisions and when, you know, when when's best for you, you know, matters as to the amount of assets that you have. It also you have to take into consideration how long you plan to live. Uh, and nobody knows how long they're going to live, but we can look at longevity. If everybody in your family's lived into their 90s, then maybe taking it later might be a good thing. But anyway, early or late, don't just do what your coworker says, don't just do what your brother in law did. Do what is right for you based on all of the other variables. So that's what, and I would say, sit down with somebody that can do that. We've got a really powerful software that we use for our folks, Ben. And uh, and we can tell them once we put in a couple of assumptions, we can give them a couple of really good options that work really well for them.
1: Yeah, have that conversation with somebody that's professional. Don't try to do it yourself. You need to get it right the first time. Uh, right. When you're deciding when to take your Social Security, All and right, if so there's
0: was, a if there's a nearby baggage handler, you can <laughs> ask, you can ask him if you wanted to do that.
1: <laughs> right. Well, you can. I don't know if you want to, but you could do that. <laughs> exactly. You probably find someone at your nearest airport. All sure. right. So that was two and three. Let's go on to number four. This misunderstanding. The Social Security Administration can help you choose the best claiming strategy for yourself.
0: All right. So this is where sometimes people get in trouble. When you go to the Social Security Administration, they can tell you what the best claiming strategy is for you and your spouse kind of to maximize that benefit. But that's just with Social Security in a vacuum. They don't know anything about your pension. They don't know anything about your assets. They don't know anything about your plans to pay for a wedding for your daughter or for your son or or a beach house you want to buy or any of those kind of things they don't know the other variables that really come into play all they can do is look okay here's what the chart says if you take it at 62 it's this amount or if you take it at full retirement age it's this amount or if you wait till 70 it's this amount they're going to tell you the amount but they're not going to do the planning for you that is necessary to make the best decision. So just be careful. You know, the, the folks at the Social Security Administration can be very helpful. There's some good ones and there's some that aren't as knowledgeable or not, not as helpful. So if you do make an appointment to go there and talk with somebody, if you find that that person doesn't um, really, you don't feel like they know what they need to know, and then you can ask to speak to somebody else or you can make an appointment and go. Get somebody else another time. But anyway, that's my advice. Don't take final advice on a claiming strategy from a social security worker.
1: There you go. The final misunderstanding I think this is one that we are many people aren't prepared for, but the misunderstanding that you don't have to pay taxes on your social security benefits.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wish this were true. Uh, unfortunately, for most people listening to this podcast, you will pay taxes on your social security benefit most of those folks, 50 to 85% of their Social Security is going to show up on their tax return. Now, that's not their tax rate, of course. That's just the amount or the percentage of Social Security that's going to show up on the tax return. And so the way it works, the, the formula is its not super difficult. But anyway, if you take 50% of your Social Security benefit, add to that ordinary income, dividends and capital gain income, and then non-taxable interest, like interest that you may have earned on a, on a municipal bond that's not taxable. That interest would show up here. If you add all of those things up, that is what they use to determine how much of your social security is taxable. So if you're a single person and that income adds up to over $25,000, then 50% of your social security is going to show up on your tax return you'll pay taxes on that if that amount is over 34,000 then 85% of it shows up if you're married that number is 32,000 and 44,000 so for most people listening to this podcast they've you know accumulated some assets and maybe have a pension and things like that probably 85% of their social security is going to show up on their tax return now there are some creative ways that you can sort of uh, manipulate where you get your income from, change how you, you draw your income in retirement. And you can actually reduce some of the taxes on your social security, but it's pretty complex and you got to sit down with a, with a competent advisor to help you with that.
1: Yeah, competence is the key, uh, not somebody that's uh, tossing your bags into the bottom of the airplane.
0: Exactly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: any of these questions about social security, and I'm sure you might have a few more uh, when it comes to this this topic, make sure you reach out to Lee His team over at J.L. Perkins Wealth Management would be happy to help you sort out your social security, help you make decisions on what what day and what age you should plan on taking that money, and uh, help you understand that it's not going broke, that there is going to be adjustments made, and cost of living increase that's happening. Those are going to continue to grow, and a lot of information about social security, but their team can help you out with that. JLPerkinsWealth.com is where you can find them online. You can also call the office, 478-478. 254-3550 two five four three five five zero so that's gonna wrap up this episode and this is the last episode we will publish in 2019 can you believe it
0: I know it's, it's I, I guess as they say time flies when you're having fun they
1: do indeed and <laughs> I hope you everybody at your office uh, has a wonderful holiday season also everyone listening hopefully you guys all have a wonderful holiday season as well
0: absolutely.
1: So for everybody over at JL Perkins Wealth Management and Lee Perkins specifically, this has been the Making Money Podcast. We thank you for listening. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll talk to you again in 2020.